Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Mark chapter 12, worship team, thank you so much. Wonderful. Come on, let them know you appreciate them. Mark chapter 12, we've been speaking on greater things. I don't know about you, but I know that I was created for more than what I experienced sometimes. And I want all the things that God had promised to me. And many times we allow things to take place in our lives because we don't realize that we have the right to them. How many of you would walk into a restaurant, pay for your food, and then leave without it? Pastor Matt, that wouldn't happen. We will drive back to the restaurant that we ordered from if they forget to put something in it. Especially if I paid for it. Because I refuse to have something that is mine end up in someone else's hands when I paid for it. And many of us are, yet when it comes to life, we let things just pass us by that have been paid for. When Jesus died on the cross, he died so that not just so you can get to heaven, but that you could have abundant life here on earth. So that you could have whole marriages, whole bodies, whole minds, depression be gone. That you have a right to these things, yet we allow these things to just pass us by, even though they've been paid for in your life. As we've been speaking on greater things, today I want to talk to you about a greater love. Mark chapter 12, starting verse 29, it says, Jesus replied and said, This is the most important commandment it is, is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with some of, part of, a portion of, 99.9% of, what's it say? With all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's a lot of alls. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbor, tell them all. Turn to your other, tell them not some. I want you to see something that if Jesus says that this is the most important, someone say most important, or the greatest, it's known as the great command. In fact, I need to pause for a second because I jumped right into this in the first service and I forgot to mention it. We are in need of three home openers for students coming into master's commission. And for those of you that don't know what a home opener is, a home opener is someone that opens their house for the next nine months for a student to live with you, that they're making a commitment to know Jesus for the next nine months. They go to Bible college with us. They serve with us. And for the next nine months, they just need a place to stay. Uh, their, Their job for the next nine months that you allow them to is to become a disciple of Christ. And you just open a house for them. 
Unfortunately, they're, they're rarely home. For those of you that have been home openers for us, you recognize that. But we, need, we have three students coming in this year. We appreciate all the hard work Pastor T did with Master's Commission, uh, but she stepped out now to become a full-time mom. We didn't want to shut the program down, so we have three male students coming in. We need three homes, and if we can't get the three homes opened, we're going to have to shut the program down, and we don't want to do that. So if you have an extra bed, an extra room, a, a, a place that you could have uh, someone stay with you, we would really appreciate it because we love the fact that we have the ability to pour into these young people's lives and give them a place to stay, give them a place that they can get to know God for the next nine months. If you are interested in helping us with that, please let me know after service. The other thing is Paragon. Paragon's a discipleship ministry that we have taking place for adults that can't leave their families but want to get to know God. It's intense, and so you don't want to step into this lightly. If you're interested in finding out more about Paragon, there's a table in the back, uh, the back of the church that uh, you can ask Dave and Julie about it. Dave, wave your hand. You can see him, and he can give you some information about it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's the great commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. What Jesus is saying is that love is a four-dimensional, not a feeling, but a commitment. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment that sometimes produces a feeling. And so when God, Jesus tells us to love him, he gives us love on four dimensions. As I was getting ready this morning, I heard a preacher uh, was talking about love, and he put it this way. He said, God is love doesn't have love. He says, God is love. And he shared the scripture that says that God loved us first. We love God because God loved us first. And so I need you to understand that we as individuals don't have love. The love we have, we get from God. God is the source of our love, which tells me this. If you lack in love in any area of your life, whether it's in your marriage, for your friends, for your job, for your community, or anything else, you don't lack in love. What you lack is God in that area of your life. Because if you're lacking in love for your marriage, you're lacking the level of God to love your spouse the right way. Because in and of ourselves, we don't have love. We get our love for God. And so when we have more of God, we have another level or capacity to love. So if you find yourself struggling to love people, even of another race, it's not a racial problem. It's a love problem. It's a God problem. You need more of God in your life in order to bring love in that area of your life. Somebody say amen. So if Jesus says that this is the greatest commandment, don't you think we should pay attention? Right? Shouldn't it be something that we, that we recognize this morning? I want you to understand that our first statement at Christian Worship Center is to love God. Everyone say that with me. Love God. We make it our first statement because it's the primary statement. It's what everything hinges upon. You can't love people until you love God. And so love God, love people, and Change the world. That's who we are. And Jesus explains to us that there's four uh, dimensions of this love. Number one, with our heart. Number two, with our soul. Number three, in our minds. And number four, in our strength. And he says to love God with... Come on, say it. And when he says all, he's saying simply this. Hold nothing back. Complete. Entirely. All-inclusive. When God says to love with 
all, that's exactly what he wants us to do. There is not a woman in this place that would allow herself to marry a man that said, I'll give you part of me. I'm going to give you this ring, I'm going to marry you, and I'm going to give you every day of the week except for Saturday, because Saturday is my groove night. There's not a woman that will, or a man that would marry a woman that said, hey, I'll give you all of me except this one day. And yet we flip it on God where we only give God one day and the rest of the week we give to the world. That's not who God is. God says, I expect you to give all of yourself to me. I don't want part of you. I want all of you. When I gave my life for you, I gave all of me for you. I gave you every aspect of who I am. God expects us to first love him with all our heart. That word all again is all inclusive. And How many of you have ever been to an all-inclusive resort? Okay. I want you to understand that we, we, I took the staff to Cabo a few years back. And I took, my, I took them out there, and we had a timeshare out there. I had all these weeks piled up, and so we, we took them out there. And we decided to do the all-inclusive thing for three days, only part of our time there, okay? The reason why is we're not drinkers. And so really to take advantage of the all-inclusive, you usually are going to mostly drink most of that all-inclusive price. But Pastor Matt figured things out. He put things together and figured out we had to eat X amount of food a day in order to make this worth our while. So every family member had a responsibility to eat a certain amount or order a certain amount at every meal. And so the little kids had to pull their weight the same way as the big kids did. Because all-inclusive is a waste unless you use it. And so by the time that three days was over, we had enough food in our rooms, in our refrigerators to last a month that we could have fed all of Mexico by the time we left. It was terrible. It was just... Going to vacation with this guy is stressful when it comes to food. Love God with all your heart. That word cardios, it means that's the starting place. And God expects us to love him with all our heart, and that speaks to our passions, to our compassion as well. When we say to love God with all our hearts, what God is saying, love me with all your passion. Love me with all your heart. Love me with the things that move your heart. It's what, what compassion is all about is not being okay when people are not okay. Say it again, Pastor. When, when you see someone that's being abused, when you see someone that, that is going to bed hungry, when you see people that are in sex trafficking, there, there's something that should happen inside us that says, that's not all right. God wants us to serve him with all our passion, all our compassion. You see, so, uh, scientists have found out, psychologists have found out this, is that whenever they put on television a, a, a need, and all they do is share statistics that we are not moved to give. When we say that there are you know, 1.3 children going to bed hungry every night, it doesn't affect us because we have the drop-in-the-bucket mentality that my giving can't make a difference with that big of a need. 
But when they show a picture of one child that's hungry, and they give that child a name, all of a sudden, man, I, I need to little, I need to help little Lupe. She's going to bed hungry tonight. Little Billy's not going to have anything. When they put a name to the problem, it causes our hearts to move. And we live in a society today that we are so busy, we don't even see the need anymore. Come on, church. Between here and the time you get home, you're going to drive by a few homeless people. You're going to drive by some neighborhoods in need. You're going to drive by some people that are going through something. But we have gotten to the point that we have blinders on because we're just trying to make it on our own. But Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to love me with your compassion. You're going to love me with the things that move the heart of God as well. Are you willing to take ownership is what God's saying. Take ownership of this world. Take ownership of your neighborhood. Take ownership of your family. Take ownership of your race, of your community. Take ownership. Will your heart break for the things that break the heart of God? That's a problem now because nothing touches our... We become such a callous society. Nothing moves us. Come on. Think about how many times do we turn on the news and we hear a story that just doesn't move us anymore. Just just last week, Madden tournament in Florida, a guy pulls out a gun because he lost and starts shooting people. And now we think there's X amount of people, five people that were killed. We just think, okay, five people, that wasn't that big of a tragedy. Come on, folks. We become callous to five people lost their, five souls might have went to hell without the knowledge of who Jesus was. Five people for eternity might be burning because they never came to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. We need an awakening now. We need to start serving God with all our hearts. With the, you walk through school that you see people that are going through something. We got to start walking and seeing what's going on around us. Love God with all your heart. Then he says, love God with all your soul, your life, your mind, your person, yourself. This is talking the typical nature of man. This is a hard one because when we talk about our soul and the nature of man, we've lost our awe of God. Come on, say it again, Pastor. Our souls are where we have the awe of God. When's the last time you walked outside and were like, wow. The last time you were laying in bed and you opened your eyes and <sighs> thank God for that breath you just took. The soul is the awe of God. The soul is where we have an awe of God and the creation. It's our God consciousness. It's being aware of who God is. It's that when you're going through the grocery store line that you see the glory of God in the person that's in front of you or that long line of people that you're way behind trying to get through and that person has 22 items when you're only allowed to bring 15 into the express line. Still finding the glory of God in that person. Come on, somebody. It's our wonder of God, and our wonder of God was damaged in the fall. 
When Adam and Eve fell, they lost their wonder of God. They lost their awe of God. When's the last time that we literally walked into church and we walked in with the sense of awe that we are literally going to walk in to the presence of God right now? When's the last time that when worship was going on, you felt such an amazing wonder of God that you needed to get here to church on time because you couldn't wait to be in the presence of God. If you had an appointment with the president and he said, I'm going to meet you here at this time, you wouldn't show up to meet the president late. But we can walk into church at any time without worrying about being there on time. If you showed up to work the time you did to church, Because we lost our awe of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, Pastor, come on. We're under great. You're, 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 too, you're too tightly wound right now. It's called honor. Amen. Pastor, it's the only day I have off chill. It's the only day I have to sleep in. Set your clocks back a half hour. We make time for what's important. See, your mind or your soul is where we just need to slow down. Everyone say slow down. You need to tell yourself just to slow down and recognize God is here. Come on, church. I don't want to just go through motions in life. I want to set things into motion. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your soul. Then he says to love the Lord your God with all your mind. Now check this out. We're going to close in a second. Stay with me. Your mind talks about your intellect. You know, we got some very smart people here. You know, you want me to, we, we got some incredibly smart people. Every one of you is brilliant. Whether you feel brilliant or not, you are brilliant. What am I talking about? You see, this is your place of understanding. Follow me on this, okay? Every one of you has been designed in the image of God. Someone say amen. amen. You are so amazing that God placed something called a brain inside of you. This computer is like no computer. If, if, if IBM, if Apple were able to duplicate what you have in your mind... It's been said, according to psycho- or sci- scientists, that the brain has the capacity. Now, listen, the average brain is about the size of a softball. Average brain. Some of you are above average. Others. Whether you're a golf ball, softball, or a bowling ball, okay? The reality is, is that the average person's brain weighs about three pounds and it's about the size of a softball, but it has the capacity to learn something new every second of every day for weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, millennials. For over 300 million years. Amen. Amen. Let me rewind. 
Your brain has the capacity to learn something new every second of every day of every week of every year for over 300 million years. Don't tell me you're stupid. Don't tell me you can't learn. Don't tell me, uh, even to the day you die, well, I can't remember anything. The reality is it just hasn't been used. When you awaken its capacity, it will begin to start doing the things it was designed for. And as you begin to walk in the things God created you for, I want you to know that your mind talks about your capacity. And many of us haven't expanded our capacity. That's why your walk with God is where it's at right now, is that you haven't expanded your capacity to know God. See, learning is stewardship. If I gave you a, a, a million dollars, you would be responsible to steward that. God has given you something more valuable than a million dollars. It's called a brain. And you have the responsibility to learn, to put that brain into motion. It's, it's important to recognize that we steward the mind God gave us. Because when we stop learning, we stop loving. Worship team, if you would help me. I want you to understand that many of us have, what do I mean when we stop learning? We stop, marriages don't fall apart because people fall out of love. They fall out of learning. We stop learning about one another. We stop caring to be involved in each other's life. We stop asking questions. We stop spending time together. When you stop learning about one another, you stop loving one another. And when we stop learning about God, we lose our capacity to understand God because love is based on knowledge. People say, well, we had love at first sight. No, you had lust at first sight. Because love is based on, no, no, pastor, you don't understand what I went through. No, no, what, what you had was lust at first sight. Because it was attraction. We felt attraction. We felt this pool. What you felt was the magnetism, the chemistry between one of each of you. But love isn't based on chemistry. It's based on knowledge. Amen. You make a choice to love one another. That's what this ring symbolizes. It says, I made a choice to love her till death do us part or until I kill her. <laughs> That's our commitment. Is that we made a commitment to love one another. That we're committed till death do us part. And I need you to recognize something. Is that love is based on knowledge. And many of us, that's why we miss out on worship. Because you don't know enough about God to even enter into worship. Because you can't worship someone you have no clue who they are. Worship's based on knowledge. You want to know more about worship, learn more about God. Because the more I know about God, then I can worship from a place of understanding. When God gave Adam and Eve the Garden of Eden, he didn't just say stay there. He says go and expand. And they could have headed in any direction for over 25,756 miles and never stepped on the same piece of ground. They could have covered over 196 million square miles and never saw the same territory. God gave them the capacity of their mind to explore, to expand. That's what God's given us. So I want you to understand, you can't see what you don't know. You, you can't worship God for who he is until you know that part of God. Let me say that again. You can't see what you don't know. They, they did an ink blot test. 
And they also turned it into a picture that many of you have seen in psychology. That when you see this picture, they show it to children and they show it to adults. When they show it to adults, the adults see two people in an erotic embrace. When they show the same picture to children, the children don't know what an erotic embrace is. They see nine dolphins. Because a child cannot compute what they have not been exposed to. You can't worship a part of God that you do not know about God. It's when we learn about God that to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. As we begin to understand who God is. And the more I learn about God, the more I glean from God, the more I take his word in. As I expand my knowledge and my ability to understand who God is. I can worship God at a deeper level. I can understand and give God praise for things that I understand at a deeper level. My worship goes deeper when my mind goes deeper. You're trying to worship at an elementary level when we're serving a God that is operating in graduate school. got to know why we worship the more I learn the more my worship means and a discipler means worship the last one is this is strength everyone say strength I love this one strong powerful mighty forcible what I love about this this is talking about degrees of intensity problem is none of us want to put any effort into serving God we want God just to do it all and we don't want to put any effort in whatsoever but Jesus says if you're going to serve me I expect you to put some sweat into it say it again pastor hey Johnny looking good James (laughs) see God rewards what we do not what we intend. Peter, you, you don't get paid on your intentions, do you? What do you get paid for? Deals you close, right? Things you do. We expect God to bless us based on intentions, not on our actions. It's not who God is. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he. God's a God of sowing and reaping. And so God rewards what we do. God expects us to put some effort into what we're doing. To get up a little early, get to church. But it it goes beyond church. It goes to beginning to use the giftings, the talents. What God gave you to add value to this world. To make this world better because you're here. Because God's blessed you. Because God's blessed you that you now become a blessing. If all you do is eat the seed that God gave you. Everything in creation gives back. 
When anything in creation just takes, it eventually dies. Your success isn't about your comfort. It's about God's glory. No, you, you, you didn't hear me. Your success is not about your comfort. It's about God's glory. Because as you succeed and you turn that blessing to blessing someone else, whether it's Operation Christmas Child, whether it's uh, feeding the homeless, whether it's helping children, whatever it is and giving backpacks, that God wants us to make a difference. Sweat. Effort. Because at the end of it all, my friend, God says this, well done, good and faithful servant. Not well intended. Well done. Well done. And I want to know right now, is God going to tell you well done? Or can God not say that to you because you haven't done anything? It's not about your neighbor. This is about you. What have you given? What have you added? That's what God created you for. Every tree to reproduce fruit or seed according to its kind. It's up to us to pray like it's up to God. But work like it's up to you. Because God sees laziness as wickedness. Don't believe me? Look at the parable of the sower, or of the, of the uh, talents. The one that buried the sea, the buried the coin, the master told him, you wicked, lazy servant. In other words, do something with what I gave you. Every one of you has been given something. What are you doing with it, Mark? What are you doing with what he gave you, Toy? What have you done with what God's given you, Samson? What's What are you doing with what God gave you, Leah? God gave each and every one of us something. What are you doing with what God gave you? Are you burying it or are you using it? What are you doing with it? Because God has placed a lot in you. What are we doing with what God gave to us? Don't just take it and bury it. It's time to shine. It's time to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, with everything in me. God, I'm going to love you. I'm going to give you my passion. I'm going to give you my mind. I'm going to give you my soul. I'm going to give you my strength with everything in me. I'm going to give you praise. Stand to your feet this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.